Hello, and welcome to another episode of Gaming Couch, where we sit back and talk about video games, board games, card games, and the like. So pull up a chair, put your feet up, let's have a good time. Why, hello. I, I tried to be fancy there, completely whiffed. Uh, you know, quick update. So, I know I was starting to have this whole big plan for what I want to do this weekend, for the episode, yada, yada, yada. However... I want to push it back real quick, okay? There's something I want to kind of talk about, things really important and that kind of stuff. So in terms of the episode that I originally had planned, I'll probably drop it, like, later in the week. But the episode that you'll be hearing, you know, right now, the scheduled episode, 5 p.m., yada, 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 will be something a little bit different. And the reason why, this is something that's fresh on my mind, and I'd rather just do a completely, you know, unscripted, just straight from the heart, a fresh experience kind of episode instead of just reading from a list because it was going to be a listed episode originally i can read from a list at any time so i can just do that later so i'm not gonna make a promise at a certain day but later this week at some point i want to just post that up as kind of like a makeup so what about the episode today well real simple about that i went to another expo okay and like the previous expos I've been to, I do want to talk about the games that I experienced, the games I got to play there, yada, yada, yada. However, there is – this really never occurred to me in the past, a really important message, I feel. So we're going to also tackle that as the episode concludes because I think this is something that – you know, maybe it's been said before on this podcast. Maybe it hasn't. I don't know. So I want to cover it. I really want to cover it. So let's talk about this expo. It was the... Sorry, the name is is long. Game Devs of Color Expo. All right? Game Devs of Color Expo. And I'm going to pronounce this location wrong. I fully admit that because me and English do not get along. It was held up in the Sockenberg... Center for Research in Black Culture up in Harlem. It is legit on the corner of the 135th Street stop on the 2-3 train. Now, I heard a saucy rumor. This is like the third or fourth year they've done this. And my God, does it show. First off, at this expo, it was a smaller venue, which meant it was much easier, excuse me, much easier to kind of see everything and interact with people. And I could swear... Out of all the various playcrafting expos I've been to, you know, Play NYC, the playcrafting stuff happening like in October and stuff like that, I think this expo I saw the most press at. People taking pictures, people doing interviews. Like, there were legit interviews that were happening. They had an actual quiet area that was made so that professional interviews could be had. But they also had interviews going on, like, with the game devs right next to the booth. Hell, at one point, I remember I was standing at uh, Swim Sandy's booth, and I was just kind of watching a game and talking to some people playing the game. And both Khalil and Ahmed, you know, the devs who were there, both of them got pulled aside by separate people to have an interview right there in the hall. And that wasn't the first time it happened. Then someone else came over taking pictures. So there's just there was so much love here. Now, as the name suggests, you know, game devs of color this focused mostly on developers who are of color it wasn't all of them you know there was a couple women in there though some couple asians in there so there was some some diversity but the main focus was black culture which 
I mean, it's totally fine. I think it actually helped send across a couple, like, messages and other thoughts and feelings. Because not only did they have these games being shown, they actually had a kind of like an auditorium that was opened for various panels and micro talks and stuff like that. And I watched one of the micro talks because I wanted to support some people. However, I missed one of the big panels that talked about hip hop and games. And I want to talk real quick about one of the guys that was up there for that panel. But I feel real bad for missing it because some of the stuff they were saying near the end, just about music and game development and stuff like that was amazing. And I want to comment on that near the end, kind of like with all the other messages I want to, I want to bring out. So a real quick one rundown, a real quick rundown of some of the games I just had a chance to either play or at least interact with in some regard. So I'm just going to start off with Super Space Club. I mean, the the name's just there, Super Space Club. Uh, whatever you take from that, you take from that, okay? Now, the game itself, the stage that it's in right now, it's you know, obviously still in development. There's still some work being done on stuff like that. So there's a very simple demo that was kind of presented there, and it was incredibly fun. Think of, like, Asteroids, but cleaned up real nice with color tones and color hues of, like, very bright pictures and paintings, almost like... Some sections of Fury, like the edge fight in Fury with those beautiful colors of like the sunset and everything, those kind of colors, that's what I was thinking of when I saw like the background colors of this game. And so like I said, it's kind of like asteroids. You're flying on this little spaceship, but instead of shooting and blowing up asteroids, you're shooting at other spaceships. And the controls are very simple. You know, you have a thruster that you use to make you go, and then you just shoot, and you're trying to shoot at all the other spaceships that show up. And your little triangle, their little triangles, and the asteroids are just like 3D models of various rocks which you can shoot the asteroids to destroy them, but it's not required. The big thing is taking out the enemy spaceships that are shooting at you. And it takes a really, really good stand on physics in terms of, like, zero-G, that if you hit those thrusters to make the ship go forward and then, you know, let go of the thrusters, you just you keep going. You just don't stop. If you hit a rock, then you immediately stop. It's not like you bounce off the rock and the rock goes flying. Both you and the asteroids stay in place. So... Obviously, that's not real physics. Again, though, if the dev really wants to do this, it's these, these are early stage. This is an early stage in the game, so the dev could add that in if he really wanted to. For now, he's looking at, I was talking to him, he's looking more at like kind of mission-based stuff, like go here, do this thing, then go here, do this thing. Currently, the game that he was showing off, it's kind of like concept. It was just fly around, shoot the ships, you get points for doing it. Go as long as you can. Uh, playing that, I learned I suck at driving in zero-G. I thought I was going to be doing fine, but into bullets in terms of like a score in terms of playing i was doing a terrible terrible job in terms of actual enjoyment like my personal opinion i found it pretty cool it's not at the top of my list in terms of like games that i'm really into yet i enjoyed it you know i'm happy with what i saw and as far as i can tell it's just one guy the sound music is someone else is doing that for him but beyond that it's just one guy doing everything and I want you to keep that in mind about, like, one guy, because that's going to be kind of the moral of this story. So, pretty cool. Super Space Club. You know, check it out. Ryan has a car that I have. He has a website. It says Wishlist on Steam today. So, he's making some progress. Uh, like an idiot, I forgot to mention earlier, since I have all these business cards that keep piling up in my apartment, for all these different people I'm going to be talking about today, 
in terms of like social media or contact, like if there's a website or a Twitter or whatever like that, I'll put it in the description so you can check them out yourself if you really want to. So yeah, that was Super Space Club. Cool little, neat little project. I really enjoyed it. Um, moving from there, I'm trying to pick a specific order. Yeah, here we go. Uh, next on the line, Portal Tamers. All right, Portal Tamers. Now, this game, I wasn't, it wasn't I was conflicted about being good or bad. I was conflicted because at first, it did not look like a game I was going to enjoy until I was talking to someone else about it, and he gave me a quick rundown of what the game was, and I'm like, all right, now I gotta go check this out. So I want you to keep in mind what I'm about to describe. Again, one person, this one woman, she was really cool. I talked to her for a bit, has made this game from the ground up over a series of, if I quote it wrong, I apologize. I want to say, you know, seven months, like under a year. I think it's what she said. I could be horribly wrong. I, I heard I, She was on someone else's kind of like listening while I was playing the game. Anyway, so that's to give you the idea. It's a couple months, one person. It is a 3D-made kind of pseudo-open world where you're exploring these different zones. And it's an action-adventure RPG. So bear with me. There's a lot of elements she's took. I could see like kind of an inspiration to create this. You're playing as a little girl. And it's very anime. Like, she has giant eyes. They're bright orange. She has big old, like, I want to call them cat ears. I know they're not entirely cat ears. Maybe they're fox ears. But she has those, and she has really big, long purple hair. So, like I said, anime kind of style. So, that's why I was like, eh, when I first saw as I walked by. I was like, ah, I'm not sure about this. But I heard more about the game as I talked to others. So, I'm glad I played it. Ugh. So I'm playing this game, all right, and you're this little girl, and to kind of give you the quick and easy of the story so far, it was in the demo that was available to us, you're met by some otherworldly being that says, I can grant you these great powers to become what's called a paladin, and you can, you know, tame these monsters of other realms to then use them to defend the world from evil and darkness. One of those kind of stories. Very straightforward concept. The way it works, though, it's you pick an element to begin with. And right now, she in the demo, she's had three, fire, water, grass. You're standing like Pokemon lineup, right? You pick one of them, and then the monster is with you. And then later on, you eventually, like, you can use gems and stuff like that to open up various portals to go diff do different, like, missions, go to different areas to collect various materials and things like that. And when you go into these areas, you'll encounter these shadow monsters. And now this is where the, the combat's actually pretty cool. You are in control of this little girl. Therefore, combat is not your thing. Magical bonds with mystical creatures is. So you control the little girl, trying to avoid getting attacked, things like that. You have this shield you can put up to kind of like push away enemies to protect yourself. And you can hit the right trigger, I found out in game. You can hit the right trigger to kind of like speed up your movement, kind of like a run-in. Not a run animation. You kind of like float in this little bubble. But it's like running. That's all you can do in terms of like fighting. Because what you do is you issue commands. And then whatever little companion you have with you will follow those commands to the best of its ability. Because you're bonding with these creatures, there's an AI program within them. And they kind of like act like little creatures. They 
just kind of do their own thing and will listen to your commands at times the best of their ability. Like, if you want to attack a specific enemy, you should lock onto it and then say attack that enemy, and then the creature will do its best to attack that enemy. And over time, as you defeat more enemies, get more supplies, get more gemstones, stuff like that, you can go back to these portals and summon in and bond with more uh, creatures. So it's kind of like Pokemon in that sense, where you're getting more and more monsters to fight alongside you. You only have one out at a time, but you can trade them in and out. And each of them have like their own stats, access to different unique abilities. They can be leveled up and stuff like that. So it comes down to like, what do you want for your playstyle? Like, you could obviously pick a creature that is best for whatever you're about to do. You know, if you go into like a fire area, probably wouldn't be good to bring a grass type, I would assume, because elements is a thing. You could also just pick something that appeases you, that l- kind of a... What's the word I'm looking for? Wow. Wow. Compliments. Sorry. Compliments your playstyle. I'm really out of it, as you can tell. But I'm going to go on anyway. So it was it was really cool. Like, again, it's not like a game that was super up there in terms of like, yes, that's a game I'm really looking at, I'm really loving, based on the look, but based on the concept... I really enjoyed it. I'm going to keep my eye on it. I'm going to follow for a bit. And considering just one person, this one woman is making this, it's amazing. And I kind of heard about her story about how she got into game design. I'm not going to go into it here because she didn't tell me specifically. Someone else did, like a friend of hers. Well, let's just put it this way. You know, she found game design to be this great thing in her life at a time. And it's showing, like, her dedication and her love for this is really showing in this game. Like, she was... Love talking about it, doing interviews, and, you know, instead of just being like, oh, by the way, this is my game. Like, I've been to Expos, that, that happens. Like, people would be like, yeah, this is my game, by the way. She would just talk and talk and talk to people. Like, sometimes about the game, stuff about other things. She was just very open, very friendly. It was amazing. So, yeah, Portal Tamers. Anime, like, like the girls anime, like, all right, the worlds are all very vibrant and stuff like that. But you're controlling these monsters and, and fighting against evil darkness. You got two tones going on in there. Unique. Uh, moving on to the next one. I want to quickly talk about She Dreams Elsewhere. Now, this game specifically, I did not have a chance to play. Like, it was there in front of me, but it was an RPG game that was made in RPG Maker MV. But I don't like sitting down and doing those kind of games at an expo because there's a lot of other things to do. I can talk to the devs like that. And me... If I sit down and start playing an RPG, I'm going to be there for a while, and I don't I don't want to be that guy that I'm, like, taking up all the time playing the game, and there's other games I want to play, yada, yada, yada. So I didn't have a chance to sit down and play the game. But I did talk to the dev, and this is really important because this guy was on stage earlier at a panel that I only caught kind of, like, the last under 10 minutes of. And I told the guy to his face, like, afterwards, I'm like, you know, I'm upset with myself that I missed the whole thing because it sounded great what they were talking about, like talking about music and experiences and putting that into games and really just wanting to to make a game about something. So just based on what I saw of this game, it has a very unique style, like it's it's tied into music in some way, all right, that's what I was told. And then in terms of like the gameplay, it's a standard thing made like an RPG maker, you know, you have a player you're controlling... And you go into like various bits of combat, and you level up, and you have stats, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, however, combat, first off, if you've ever played or ever seen anything from like 
the Mother series, Earthbound, stuff like that. It reminds me of that, the way it's set up. Like, it has these very funky backgrounds that are kind of, like, moving and of various colors, and the creatures are just kind of bizarre and weird, and they're all, all the creatures are black and white and very well drawn and stuff like that. And I think it's really important to note that everything in this game, this guy made. He did custom sprites. He did custom backgrounds. He went in and messed with the actual code. Like, he went into the JavaScript through Notepad or whatever it was, you know, depending on the, the computer being used, to change things. So instead of it looking like, you know, your classic RPG Maker game, it looks like it was made in a different engine. And the only reason why I picked it up as an RPG Maker is when the one guy was playing, he brought up the menu. I saw it. I'm like, that's a menu from RPG Maker, the way, it, the way it's like framework is. But the way the text was written, the way the boxes appeared, like everything was completely different. So he took RPG Maker as a base engine and then went ahead and heavily modified it to his liking. And it, it looks great. So again, She Dreams Elsewhere. It's a strange name. I don't know much about the game because I just finished up watching this panel. My mind was elsewhere and I was kind of just like blown away by these, these various topping something that they were being addressed in there so my questions were a little bit botched <laughs> in terms of talking to him but it's like god damn like this is amazing and this guy is i think like either high school or early college just keep that in mind was this guy and again if if, if you're listening you know amazing man who, who made this she dreams elsewhere and i got this all wrong about you I apologize. Just putting that up there, man. All right. Oh, check it out. It It's a unique style. It's a very, very unique style in terms of how it looks. And I think I'm going to keep an eye on it. I might pick it up uh, in time as it's ready for release. Uh, moving on, moving on, moving on. Now, here was one that I saw in the very beginning, and I'm like, I'm going to check this out. was called... Fiction Sphere. Again, Fiction Sphere, if I'm reading that right off the card. Okay, you played Mega Man. You, you kind of know Mega Man. You go from left to right. Sometimes you go up, down. You get your little buster blaster. You go pew, 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 and you shoot enemies. You can charge with the blaster and go pchow and shoot a big blast and blow up the enemy. Okay, imagine that. Okay, buster blaster the whole nine years. Imagine that. Give it a little bit more of an anime look, like... The main character on the card is uh, he got blue hair on one half, but then he got black hair on the other half. That's like all big and bulky. He's wearing sunglasses. Everything's very pointy. So it has like kind of a, more of a pixelated anime look. And it's a beat-em-up. I'm talking like go back to the arcade days of side-scrolling beat-em-up where you can push buttons and beat the crap out of people. So you merge those twos and you make it combos. So you can do various combos of punches and kicks and, like, thrust attacks with your blaster and things like that. And as a more a lot more, like, modern games have of a stamina meter or something like that, doing certain things will deplete your energy, as they call it. And as the dev said, beating the crap out of enemies will get you energy back. So every time you kill an enemy, you get some energy back, so you can kind of keep going and string combos together in combat. Now, the base mode that was there there was two versions casual not casual i played through casual so i can kind of like get an understanding for the game 
and it has all the abilities unlocked. And it's kind of like what Dragon Age Origins did, where you'd have your three abilities mapped, kind of like XYZ style thing, and then you could hit the trigger and it would swap it to a different three. So essentially XYZ and then trigger XYZ to have six different abilities. You had all those available to you to use, and you know you could string them together, doing various combos. If you're quick enough with the buttons, you could like switch between panels. I was not that quick. Okay, I was just trying to figure out how to play the game, so I stuck to just like one section of like two different attacks to make it work. And then the not casual version of the game was the same level, like the same setup. However, it didn't give you all the abilities like the casual version did. It peeled away all the abilities, and you had like a basic Buster shot. I think like one of the abilities is what I was told. So yeah, I'm just I was just playing casual and. It took me a minute to kind of, like, figure out, getting used to the controls, figuring out how the combos kind of work together, and all that kind of stuff. And the game itself is not inherently easy. At most, you'll fight maybe three enemies at a time at most, and that's only, like, in certain sections that it makes it manageable. But that doesn't mean it's a walk in the park. You have to time your combos. You have to wait for an opening from the enemy to beat the crap out of them. And if you don't knock them down, well, you really should be dodging out of there because they're going to retaliate. And most enemies have range and melee abilities. So they might try to slash you with a sword or they might try and shoot you. So when you roll out of there, you have to be noticing what their motions are. Because if you have to jump because they're about to shoot, you better get ready to jump. There is a mini boss that I fought on the level about two-thirds of the way through took him down. Honestly, when I was fighting him, felt kind of like engine where you're cuz in this game with the buster, obviously you can shoot in front of you. You can shoot left and right, but if you hit the hit and hold the circle button and let go of it, it'll actually turn your targeting to the background. So you can shoot enemies in the background. There's actually a section where you get locked off and you have to shoot all these buttons in the background to open up the gate and then you have to shoot all these enemies in the background to proceed forward. So this boss is in the background, and you're shooting towards it kind of like you know, Crash Bandicoot 2, the engine fight, and Crash Bandicoot 3 when you're space fighting engine. And he had to target his hands and his head. Now, just because you, you know, destroyed one of the hands doesn't mean the attack was gone. It just meant that you're making progress. So like I said, kind of like an engine fight. That's what I was, honestly, I kept in mind. I'm like, okay, I'm fighting engine. You know, he's shooting missiles at me. He's shooting laser beams at me. He's swiping across the stage. I gotta be ready to dodge all this. Just like the engine fight. So I did the, I did the mid-boss. And then, not too long after that, there was an actual boss. I died twice to this boss, just making sure I fully understood his patterns and fully understood how I could do combos to counter him. And there was, like, really kind of, like, heavy metal music playing during it, which didn't take away too much from the experience. It wasn't what I expected out of the game in terms of, like, a musical choice. It worked, though, and it kept me very focused. I was kind of, like, leaned in. I'm like, all right, I'm here. I'm going to beat this guy. This isn't going to be the enemy. And the boss had a great mix of both ranged and melee attacks that he would switch between switch between and he had a pretty simple pattern to figure out it was just making sure the timing was right to attack again i could punch him but he is a boss he does not stagger easily so he will punch back and he will win if he punches back now with the combos i was doing with the i was kind of keeping it simple just to make sure i understood the game i could hit the button a couple times to do a number of punches if i held up when i hit the punch button Boom! Could do an uppercut if the enemy is stunned. You can knock him in the air and then continue doing combos on top of that. There's also this lunging attack where, at times, I think like if I had enough energy saved up or something like that, it would either be like a quick like forward punch that would slide forward a little bit and most likely knock the enemy on their ass. Or there was a couple of times where like 
I would just fucking go. Like, I would lunge halfway across the screen and punch some guy in the face and knock him out, which was really fun. I'm not entirely sure how I got that to trigger. Regardless, it was really fun. <laughs> so it was, it was great. I think this game has a lot of potential. And if memory serves right, I was told that on their website, you'll be able to get access and download like this demo. Obviously, back them on Kickstarter. You know, they do that whole kind of stuff. Uh, I'm just going to do their, based on the card, I got their Twitter and their Facebook. So I'm just going to drop that. And then in terms of like finding their website, they'll have links of that leading there if you want to look more. But it was fun. Like, I, I, I had a good time playing it. I had some fun. It was the first game I played. And I got to say, it was a good way to start. Now, all these games I've been talking about in standard expo way is games in development. But uh, not this last game. This last game, uh, once I got home, I already bought it. It's 10 bucks on Steam. Uh, if you haven't bought it already, you're wrong. Go buy it. Chrono Ghost. Again, Chrono Ghost. Kind of like Chrono Trigger. Similar name, just switch out the second word. Now, everyone knows of like a standard platforming game, a la Super Mario. Get to the end before time runs out. It's that style. You're platforming around, reach the end of the level before time runs out. And there's some tricky platforming sections, platforms to jump on, saw blades to dodge, spikes, things like that. Pretty much anything that was glowing red or green, you didn't want to touch. So what's the difference between red and green? If they both kill you if you touch them in terms of obstacles, why bother having the two different colors? Well, let me tell you what. The reason why there's two different colors is, as the name implies with Chrono, time. You control time. And I'm not saying just a concept of time. No, I'm talking about the actual timer ticking down to incompleting the level. Like, you run out of time and the the game's over. You could speed up that timer, slow down that timer, or stop that timer altogether. Like I said, if you decide to speed up time, let's say you had 10 minutes left to the level, and so you decided to speed up time, which, for sake of argument, let's say it's double time, all right? Then that means for every second that passes, two seconds on the level timer has now gone, because you're going twice as fast. If you're going half as fast, vice versa. For every second that passes by, only Half a second passes in game time. Now, the importance of this resource. Like I said, before there was green things and red things. Anything that is green is affected by time. So, if you speed up time to, like I said, double time, we'll say. Anything that is green will go twice as fast. If you slow it down, it will go twice as slow. And if you stop time altogether, then it just stops moving. But anything that is red... We'll just keep going and nothing happened. Now, with this, there is a mix. Like, there are certain obstacles that are red and certain obstacles that are green that are in the same area. And you have to figure out, the first, the pattern, of course, of how to get through. But also, the pattern isn't going to be exactly nice. Sometimes the pattern's not going to work out for you as it is. So you have to stop time or speed it up. And that's where that resource management comes into play. I need to get to the end before time is up. But, and this is what I did at one point, I was speeding up time so much in this previous spot to avoid certain obstacles that I have less time now. Because in trying to get past that spot, I used up time and I no longer have it. So it adds this great pressure and this great puzzle mechanic to the game of 
this resource, this limitation you have in the game, how are you going to work with it? Like, based on what they had there, the version they had there was, uh, I, I guess, it was like a harder mode, because the base game, as they told me, you have infinite lives, but in the version we were playing at the expo, you only had a hundred lives, which I know sounds like a lot, but trust me, it's not. Especially if you're not used to challenging platformers, those lives will go quickly as you're trying to figure out the patterns. If you have quick reaction time and you've played a lot of platformers, you'll get through with less deaths. But if you're not used to platformers or you have slow reaction time, you're going to lose a couple lives trying to figure out the pattern of the coming area. And one such area that I had to deal with, I'm climbing this tower. Because me, apparently, I'm really crazy. And the dev said, look, there's three. we have three levels at the expo. Yeah, obviously, the first level kind of just shows you the ropes. You know, it's not too hard. You get to learn the mechanics. The second level is like this icy level where, yes, you slide on the ice. And those two levels, a lot of people are playing. It's like, oh, and we have this third level, which, you know, it's just harder. I'm like, see, I already watched someone play the first level. This guy's playing the second level, so I'm fucking crazy. I'm going to go to the third level. <laughs> and during this level... The reason why I almost lost is there was a section where I was going up this tower, and there were these green platforms I had to jump on to go up and down, but at one point, the green platform would stop, and there'd be a red platform next to it that I'd have to jump to that red platform and then jump to the next green platform. So I had to, like, there was two rows, two columns, right? And on the right column, where the red platforms were, was a red buzzsaw that would go up and down very quick. Now, it would take some time before it would, like, come back down or go back up. There was a bit of a pause but like I said, I don't control red. So when I saw the buzzsaw go down, I knew I had not long to keep moving. I would speed up time to ensure I got to the next platform. And then when I got to the top and I died and I accidentally skipped a checkpoint because there are certain areas that there's no – there's just a platform there. But there's nothing around it. That's like a checkpoint kind of thing. Like if you touch there, if you die, you go back to it. I accidentally skipped that section halfway up the tower. And when I reached the top of the tower and I died, I went back to the bottom of the tower. And I'm like – Oh, shit. So I got halfway up, touched the section, like, just in case I die, and then kept going. And since I was constantly speeding up those green platforms, my time was chipping away. I ended with maybe a minute left. And when I finished, I'm like, I'm like oh. Whew. Finally did it, and the dev's like, oh, so how'd you do? I'm like, oh, I did terrible. He's, like, watching the clock kind of going up. He's like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, no, dude, I told you. In terms of time, I did terrible if i was to play a level again i'm pretty sure i could do it much quicker knowing the patterns and everything like that now at least for this level midnight moonlight something like that was the name of the level i did what i had in mind while playing what i was thinking of if any of you ever played hollow knight and went through the white palace like path of pain or anything else that's what it felt like there was just a shit ton of saw blades going everywhere a bunch of moving platforms, and essentially anything I was standing on, there was something there that would have killed me. You know, I had to... At one section, I was moving along a conveyor belt, and part of the conveyor belt was going under a low ceiling, so I had to duck to get under that low ceiling on the conveyor belt, but I had to time it right because there was a red buzzsaw that was flying across that bottom section that would rip me to shreds if it happened to come by. So I had to get past that and then immediately jump over another red buzzsaw at the end of the conveyor belt to then land on top of a platform that was just out of range of that red buzzsaw that went flying across the screen. So not as, I guess not as complex as Hollow Knight, because in this game there is no attacking, there's no, like, bouncing off of your nail or anything like that. It's simply just jump, dash, jump, dash, control time. So they couldn't do as crazy stuff with both saws, but just I, ha I kept that feeling in mind of, like, once I leave this section, 
it's just go. Yeah, at one point I landed, I died once, I respawned, I jumped down, died a second time, I'm like, fuck it. I just landed, I started going. I just, whatever comes, I gotta deal with it as it's getting thrown at me. I have quick reaction time. I had a blast playing it. You know, as soon as I got back, it's 10 bucks on Steam, I immediately bought it. Seriously, like, all of these games I'm mentioning, check them out. Chrono Ghost, it's already out. I highly recommend it if you really enjoy platformers. All right. Now, lastly, in terms of games, I just want to give a huge shout out to my boys at Decoy Games, Making Swim Sandy. They were there again representing. Just had an amazing time, like kicking back, playing the game with some people and talking to them, and just overall, just, just having a really good time. Like, the event was from 11 to 6. I thought I was going to go there, leave around like 3, 4 o'clock. I stayed for the entire goddamn thing. I had a blast. Now, earlier I mentioned, like, yo, there's something important I wanted to mention. Now, again, I might have mentioned this at a previous episode on the podcast. I might have not. I don't know. But as I was going through these lists of games, each of these games had a team of one, two, three people working on it. Top. Like, Decoy has three people. Chrono Ghost, I want to say it was two. I know Fiction Sphere, there was two of them. Stuff like Super Space Club, uh, she she dreams elsewhere, and Portal Tamers was all one person with maybe some help on like music, but all this stuff was created by one to three people. And as I talked to each of them, all of their stories started with this line: "I wanted to make a game that," or "We wanted to make a game that." Fill in the blank. All of them said that. They were all about wanting to just create something. And now at this point in our lives, there are so many tools out there. I'm not even talking about, like, to purchase. Unity? You can get that shit for free. You know, you can buy additional assets and stuff like that. But in terms of, like, if you just want to start dicking around making a game and coding... Just download Unity for free. You can do that. You want to get involved in a community? Obviously Facebook, Twitter. You know, Discord's becoming a big thing in various communities, especially in game communities. Just hop on Discord. Find people. A lot of these people, a lot of these devs, have Discord channels of their own. And I know like certain YouTubers are trying to play around with Discord for their own communities. So all this stuff is out there for you to just make what you want. Now, near the end of that panel that I missed, they were talking about, not only about like hip-hop and music in their games, but they brought up this whole thing about RPG Maker. Now, for the longest time, RPG Maker has had some mixed feelings about it. And I think mostly that's because if you go on Steam, there's a lot of games that have the RPG Maker tag, and they're not the greatest. They're not flushed out. There's parts missing, like... They're not exactly great. But again, you know what? You gotta have some good, you gotta have some bad. That That's the name of it. But that shouldn't shun people away. Like, just because a game is made in RPG Maker, play it for an hour. You know, if you play it for an hour, turns out you don't like it, okay, you didn't like it. Whatever. But just, like, give it a shot. Like, She Dreams Elsewhere, you know, if you, if I just started with She Dreams Elsewhere was made, in, was made with RPG Maker, you know, and I left it at there, People would have a certain stigma against that because of RPG Maker. 
though the game it's, itself is something completely different and unique and beautiful. Because this guy's like, I just want to make something. He didn't care. He just wanted to make something, and by God, he did. It's, it is seriously a beautiful thing. There's so many things being said of this concept of it's going to take a lot. You know, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to be stressful at times. You know, some advice from the guys at Decoy during their micro talk that I was listening in on. You know, there's going to be things that just don't work out. You know, when you're making a game, honestly, the biggest hurdle you're going to run into is figuring out what to keep and what to get rid of. What's not going to work in your game? You just spent a couple hours working on this piece and it's not going to work out and you have to scrap it. You know, that was some hours you spent on it. Turns out it didn't work. Oh, well, just just keep going. Just keep working on it. Anyone can do this. And a lot of these people, they're getting out on consoles. You know, you can call that shovelware if you want. You can go ahead and call that shovelware if you want. But the, the guys I talked to, the women I talked to at this expo, and what I saw wasn't shovelware. This wasn't someone just trying to cash in, you know, make a quick buck. All these people said, we wanted to do this. We've always wanted this. And a lot of these people, like guys at Decoy, the woman who is making Portal Tamers, don't have any background. Like, they didn't go to any coding classes. They don't have a degree from a school or anything like that. They just said, fuck it. We want, we want to do this. We're just going to do this. And they just they started. They started teaching themselves. And that desire, even if it took years, that desire to create something kept them going and got them where they are today, and it's inspiring. It's truly inspiring to see this love for this type of community. Like, I feel games, especially video games, since they can just be played at home by yourself or online, but you can always have that that wall of your computer that you don't have to go out and socialize with people if you don't want to. I feel like games, and in a way anime at times, has a way of bringing together so many different people that normally would never talk to each other. And it's beautiful. Like I, I remember waiting in line to get into this expo. This big guy behind me. All right, Turns out he's a, he's a young college kid. Like he's just starting college. And he's a bit shy. You know, I, I overheard some talk. Mom was mentioning about how he's very shy. She's talking to someone else about it. And I could tell like, when I was talking to the guy, he never really looked me in the eye. He was kind of like looking away. He was... Very soft-spoken. Took him a while to, to say something. But the beauty is, you know, I was like, oh, hey, you know, why are you coming? He's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just interested in, in making games and seeing if I can get in the industry. I'm like, oh, you made anything for it? He's like, oh, yeah, I started, uh, you know, making like kind of a like 3D open world. I'm like, good shit, man. We just started talking, you know, the entire time. Like for the entire half hour we were waiting to get in, 45 minutes we were waiting to get in, just talking to this guy. And then while I was in line talking to him, this other guy heard us talking. He's like, oh, yeah, you ever hear of this? And then the three of us just start talking about these games. And, you know, me, I have some anxiety. It might not seem that way, but I'm going to be real with you. If I have to break the ice and meet someone new, if it's not on some common ground of, like, we can talk about this game in front of us, I can't do it. I, I cave easily. And I can tell with these two guys, based on their demeanor, that they had this similar anxiety. It was hard. It's hard for them to get out and really talk to people. Yet, that never stopped us. And I'm walking around meeting all these great people. They're talking about, you know, their stories about 
this about that about how i want to do this you know there was a guy up on stage like yeah just this past year you know my mother died and being able to you know go through and play this game and listen to this music just you know, it really helps and it's like that's what this great community is about is just being who we are and accepting each other for that sharing these experiences that we're going through in whatever way we feel like sharing it that's not to say that every developer has some like story of heroism or some sad tale to share about what they've been going through i'm just saying it's out there because we're humans people are people we go through shit and we find a way to escape and in the culture we have in this community we have as gamers well what better way to escape than create your own fucking fantasy world how whatever it is dark and gloomy joyful and expressive strategy action resource management whatever the fuck you want to be you can do it so i want to say this all right if you listen to all my old stuff you know advice i gave about you know making games and stuff like that all the way back from like season one and season two and you thought it was all shit and you're like you know smart boy you're a fucking idiot you're wrong whatever you know go ahead and think that about whatever i said before all right there's just one piece of advice that i want to give you can ignore all my other advice as long as you take this advice if you want to create something create it doesn't matter how long it will take doesn't matter if you have to learn something new or that you'll struggle going through it if you have a story you want to tell however you want to tell it do it just do it and share it because if you do that i promise you you'll feel better about it i'm not even saying like You'll make the big bucks and go into the big leagues and stuff like that. I'm just saying you're going to create something that people will find interest in and you'll be able to talk about it. And not only will you have a story to share, but the game itself that you've created or the art that you've created or whatever it is that you've created will have a story of itself. Because we create something when our minds are going crazy. You know, you want to paint something or you want to code something, you want to write a book. There are so many things going through our mind, trying to connect the dots of how does this all work together. And you'll go through and go over the same line of code 10, 20, 50 times, spending weeks on end, making sure it works. And that right there, the game itself has a story to tell, not even of the narrative of what it is, but just of its creation of you putting it in because you wanted this. No one else has control over it. If you want to make it, it's it's you. It's on you. And just do it. Just make it. Because I promise you, you'll feel better from doing it. And you can go to one of these expos. Like, I heard that around the city and in other various areas, they do, like, demo days. Where, you know, it's like a, a couple hours, once or twice a month where people come together and, like, show a demo build of a game they're making. And, again, it's a demo build. Nothing flashy. It's just like, oh, here, here's what I'm making. People kind of check it out. Like, other people who have demo builds, they check it out and get feedback. It's straight up just time to just talk about your game, like, to get honest feedback. It's amazing. It is amazing that this kind of stuff can happen. And for a majority 
people are so welcoming. It's so rare that I go to an expo or a convention or anything like that, even like a club, and there's that guy or that girl that's just kind of like very closed off, pushes people away. I'm not saying like in an anxious, shy way. I'm saying like in a rude way, you know, like very stuck up kind of thing. It's so rare to find that in this kind of community. So, yeah, I I want to share that. I think it's such an important message that people were sharing at this expo that I, I just had to pass it on. Like, I, I had to. I absolutely had to. I had a lot of fun. It just felt great talking about all these, all these different people and thinking about all these, these different things and so on and so forth. So there it is. I, I pass it on to you. Do what you do, you do, you fam. Make something. All right? Even something a little bit little. Start somewhere. You're going to struggle. It's probably going to fucking suck. I know that some of the stuff I first started creating in terms of like creating games, whether it's like a video game or a card game or something like that, I look it over. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is terrible. Like, I look back on my own stuff. And I know that it, it, it might be terrible, but hey, if I didn't do that, if I didn't start with that, I wouldn't fucking be where I am right now. I wouldn't be here teaching this kind of stuff to high school is coming up with this curriculum i wouldn't be making games on my own time and actually like enjoying it it all started because i decided to start creating something and in the end if i didn't like it i just kept going anyway so don't don't be dissuaded if it's not a good project just keep going at it do some create something new same idea just, just create something new with that idea so i want to sign off for now now i'll have in the description you know Twitter handles, links, whatever to the, the various people I just talked about. So definitely hit them up. Like, I'm going to be following them on Twitter and giving them a shout-out. And, yeah, the other episode I had planned, I'll look into later this week. But here's just a message for everybody. So enjoy the rest of your week. I'm going to go play with Chrono Ghost and pass out because the problem is during summertime, I forget what the concept of sleep is and... You know, I'll stay up late, sleep in late, have to wake up early one day, and it's, I, I lose all sense of time. It, it happens. So, yeah. Take care, everyone. Farewell. And enjoy. That's all I gotta say. Just enjoy. <laughs>